call it. Welcome to episode 119 of Call It Friend of the Podcast, where two friends watch two films decided by the flip of a coin. This week, myself, Andy J. Ritchie, and my co-host, Danica Tiernan, watched two classic Hollywood films from the 60s, both starring Jack Lemmon. 1968's The Odd Couple and 1960's The Apartment. As always, the podcast contains spoilers for the films right from the start. Check out JustWatch.com for streaming and rental options in your region. You can find us on Instagram at Podcast. Drop us a line there if any feedback or recommendations, please. I mean, are you going to cut all that stuff about Mike Rice as well? Yeah, I'm cutting that. Okay, well, sure. Let's far just, too personal. Let's just kick off then. So... These were both good movies, right? I'll tell you what. It was another time. It was 1960. A lot of goosing in both movies. People goosing ladies. What does that mean? Is that that like grabbing a lady firmly by the arse? Yes. I actually don't support that. Neither do I. Hmm. It sounded like you did. No, 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 I did not. And I was on the side of Billy Wilder, who wrote the movie The Apartment, uh, because I don't think he likes goosing much either. You don't think so? No, there's a lot of, I, yeah, there's a bit of that going. Actually, yeah, in both of these films, there's ladies getting their bums grabbed. And it did yeah. shock me a little bit. It's funny it's that shocking. things nearly 60 years later, you're like, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, it's oh, a bit God. shocking. The um, There's a, a line in The Odd Couple where Walter Matthau says, I just want to grab something soft. And I'm like, yeah. whoa, man. You're supposed to be charming old guy from Grumpy Old Men. What are, what are you doing, Walter Matthau? Don't have to, it doesn't have to be soft either. No, 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 no. It can just be large, like you prefer them. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, no, muscle-bound. You, you like them muscly? Yeah. The ladies. Uh, sure. So we're, we're back to this week talking about, obviously, um, The Odd Couple, based on uh, the Neil Simon play, uh, directed by a fellow called Gene Sachs, and starring what would become kind of a classic lineup, even though they only did four films together, I believe. No, Jack they Lennon did a ton Walter of films together. Did they actually? I've only they seen it before then. They did a shit ton of films together. They did. Because you know, they they're good together. They are good together. In the 90s, they did like six films together. I think actually they, they, did, ten, they did 10 films together total. Wow. So uh, odd couple, odd couple them, two, grumpy old men, grumpier old men. Okay. Those are both in the 90s. And they were both in JFK as well, but not at the same time. Oh, yeah. They are both in JFK. But they're in like the grass harp uh, out to sea. I didn't even know what any of these things are. No, I don't know what this is. And uh, yeah, that sequel to The Odd Couple was made just a few years before they both died. And apparently, did you enjoy The Odd Couple? I found the odd. I didn't realize it was based on a play for starters. So uh, they were throwing zingers at each other at the start when they're playing poker. And I was like, okay, I can get on board with that. But I did find it dragging a bit as it went on. The main thing for me was there was just not enough conflict there. Okay, there's conflict in terms mm. of like... A it's like an hour and a half and long like a sitcom episode. Show. Yeah. With yeah. no, not, not enough drama to keep it going. I, I found it surprisingly cringy. It felt like this might be one of the first kind of cringe comedies at times where like Jack Lemmon's talking to the two uh, English ladies. It's one of the my most favorite characters, scenes. the Pigeon Sisters. <laughs> the Pigeon Sisters. That's yeah. one of the most awkward scenes I've seen in anything. Yeah. Of just that energy of him going, so, ladies, he has nothing to say. And yeah. he kills the mood. 
I suppose and I, I guess didn't. It was super funny in 1968. I don't react as much to cringe as I used to. I think I've become completely um, yeah numb to cringe. So I, I did not pick up on that. I uh, I found the film funny in 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 parts, uh, enjoyable all the way through. Certainly, it's very obvious it was a play beforehand. But my, oh, yeah. I, I think I think my main takeaway was, yeah, the two boys are very good together, and I don't think I've ever seen. Certainly not in the tradition that we run uh, tend to run into in this podcast. Let's just say one would suspect a film based on a play that was massive to have a little bit more subtext, but there's just nothing to this. <laughs> this is just a, a, a goofy story. It's like, oh, he's a bit autistic and he's a bit of a, a, a schlup or whatever. I, I realize autistic would be the norm, uh, modern terminology of him, but like, you know, the, the dynamic they're going for is... Jack Lemon's character is uh, effeminate uh, yeah, and kind of like a wife. He's very to... neat. He enjoys cooking. Yeah, yeah, and he um, to do the tidying up. He's very. Uh, he's constantly. He's constantly hurting himself and going like, oh. Then they had an effect on bed. each other, but yeah. it like it. It literally is. It's like uh, however long it is. I, I don't know how long was a couple it. Couple of hours. Oh. Um, it didn't drag for me. Now you said it dragged for you. It didn't drag for me. It's an hour and five minutes. Two hours. Yeah, yeah, an hour, yeah no, 105 minutes. It yeah, didn't, an hour and uh, 45. I, I thought it breezed along exactly like a sitcom. It's like, it's like a friend's yeah, special. But you don't want a sitcom to be one hour 45. No, me but... Me personally. The, no, take but, 22 minutes. Yes, that's true. But I mean, at the same time, I don't know how into friends you are, but at the time when I was into friends, which I, you know, still would be occasionally... I could watch four episodes of Friends in a row. I don't mind. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just... Yeah, but four episodes yeah. of Friends had four stories. Yeah, true minimum. enough, but not really uh, also. They're like, just barely... Like, uh, as you may, as you uh, said about The Odd Couple, just so little circumstance, so little conflict that none of it really matters. No, at, um, by the end, they've sort of taken on a little bit of the other person's... Yeah, yeah, that's the ...personality the resolution. And, and learned of like, oh, wait, I, you know, uh, Jack Lemmon's character learns. He's like, I need to put my foot down a little bit. I need to not be so much of a pushover. And then Walter Matthau goes, hey, you should use a coaster. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. His yeah mates he does when they're playing poker. So he's into yeah. coasters now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lame sauce. So it's a big change. Do you know, it's, it's an odd... Because this movie, as... As like three words together, the odd couple. Everybody knows it, even if they haven't seen it. It's a, a little bit of an iconic phrase. But this film is so absolutely of its time. As <laughs> as as comedies are, like I mean, comedies <laughs> belong to the time they're released in. A kid, like a kid born today, even if they were twenty years old, if you saw them, if you showed them Wayne's World, they'd be like, "What the fuck is this shit?" <laughs> um, and I'm not saying I was like that with this, but this is so of its time. It's bizarre that it's still known i suppose it must have been a huge hit it was uh it yeah, was a huge hit actually it was it was it was very third most uh successful film of the year which was of 1960 uh, yeah 1968 oh sorry yeah 1968 1960 is the apartment the highest grossing film of the year was funny girl and then it was 2001 space odyssey then this and then bullet in number four it made bullet is the best of all of those million off of a 1.2 million budget that's this a pretty is pretty sound investment. Speaking of a film of its time, uh, Walter Matthau's character lives in an eight-room apartment 
just off of Central Park, and he's a sports Jesus writer. <laughs> he's a sports writer. <laughs> I mean, today he's a billionaire. He is, um, yeah, now he's a Saudi prince. That's, that's what the so old wild. should be now. Yeah, he's a yeah, Saudi yeah. prince living with like a gay guy. <laughs> I mean, credit where they're due. I do think they're both excellent. I think Jack Lemon is a fucking force of nature as an actor. He's ridiculous. He's like. People were frowning on this comparison, but I like this comparison. He's like Jack Black of his era. He's just like <laughs> undeniable it's physical comedy. Yeah, I, find, yeah, yeah. But I, I I hated a lot of that though. I hated him sneezing in again the apartment you're talking about. Sorry, in the apartment you're talking about. No, I, well, I guess he did it in both films. Uh, I feel yeah. like yeah, I feel like in both films he, in this one he was like, oh my allergies, and doing like a whole he doing a lot of shtick, laying it on heavy. I, I so mean, I, the reason I chose this film, first of all, was because, like I said, I've been watching Taking a Pelham 1, 2, 3, and I liked, I liked Walter Matthau's zingers. And yeah. from watching this film, that's how I felt. I was like, I like Walter Matthau's character, but I think Gene Sack, or maybe it was Simon or Sack said, Walter Matthau was just playing himself. Like, yeah. this is him being himself, just, you know, putting lines out there and being funny as fuck. But Lemon's character really, really annoyed me. Yeah, it's weird. I think Lemon might fit into uh, my second category of actors, and uh, Matho m- must fit into my yeah. first. Just that natural charisma. Let's, just... let, let, let's go back through. Can you lay that theory out again? Okay, so actors are divided into three categories. Good actors are divided into three categories. Bad actors are a category all of their own. First category is people who are just cool people who could just rely on themselves and do it. You got your... Uh, Steve McQueen's, you got Jack Black, you just got people who could come with the personality and say, fit something like this around me because I'll make it work. Gene, what's his chops from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is another one. Just Gene people Wilder. Who bring, Gene Wilder. Christopher Walken, who, Nicholson. I would say Christopher then, Walken, Nicholson, 100%. People who bring it. People would accuse somebody like, uh, I'll tell you what, I would say Pacino is in the second character. People, uh, The second category is... Um, People really who good at acting, really good at acting on an academic level. Mm. Um, you can normally tell them apart by them being good at acting, but they're kind of dickheads if you hear them interviewed. Or yeah, I remember like watching his film uh, "Looking for Richard," which is about the staging of like Richard the Third or some Shakespeare play, and it's him mm. just walking around going like, "I'm a dickhead and I'm an actor." <laughs> I don't know if he says that, but that's the subtext. <laughs> Very much that. He's going, I'm in category two. And the third, Meryl Streep is in category two also. And the third category of actor, and I unfortunately, off the top of my head, can't think of any female members of this category of acting, is people who are just so good at acting that they're basically insane. Who were so some you, of the options of this again? Oh, Daniel Day-Lewis, Joaquin Phoenix, Brando. I would argue Fassbender is that. Uh, Tim Carey, no, Tim, Tim Carey is category he's one. Category one. Yeah. He is category one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would say Lemon is uh, category two, and Matthau is category one. That's fair. Yeah, just steaming by on his own odd charisma. Yeah, it's a thing in both movies as well. We've commented on this before that older movies had people with more interesting faces. Oh, Everyone's Matthau's, got an interest. Matt has got a great face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the greats. What a face. I even think the sisters are well cast. Yeah, uh, I guess. Again, those are that feels like a real 1968 thing of going, all right, British sisters, English sisters, as though that was like a kind of novelty. 
Well, that's exactly what it was. They were novelty Gas. slags. It was, it was just <laughs> <laughs> they're like these people. They're both. They're, they're like uh, Olivia Coleman and Hot Fuzz split into two people. <laughs> just everything's a sexual innuendo. It's it's funny. I, I enjoyed um, enjoyed it for its quaintness. Like I said, it's very of its time. I'm surprised how raunchy both of these films are in terms of like. Well, the uh, apartment is, just, is another yeah, conversation. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll get to that when we get to it. But like both of them, is just like guys trying to trying to get fired in. All get the leg things. over, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, fucking is this is this the '68 American Pie? Is that what you're saying, Andy? <laughs> yeah, very much so. And who's the stiffler of this film? That's my question. Out of ten, the odd couple. Before I go into things. <sighs> A seven is a push for me. Six point five. I can I, I can appreciate it, but again, I'm like I don't want to watch this ever again. Yeah, I can. I'm okay. But as we said, I mean, this has spawned so many offshoots. There's like it's a veritable there franchise. A, there, was, there was a sitcom. There was a cartoon in '75. There was what? a sitcom. There was a sitcom of two black actors in '82 and '83. Uh, there's the Matthew Perry, Thomas Lennon one that you've got as a backdrop at the moment that ran for 38 episodes. Can you believe that? Three seasons. I literally cannot. Yeah, CBS is <laughs> mad. You know what? Like, so, um, when was that made? Actually, was that made after like 2015, 2017? It's not that old. Like, it's less than 10 years old. How can how can people avoid getting conspiratorial when you hear about the sitcoms <laughs> that get commissioned? And ran for so long. And like the thing is, there's no way enough people were watching this to make back the money that no. that would have cost to make. No, there is no, no way. No, that lost people money. I I didn't even know about it. But like, it, it, do you remember that? Like there was a, I don't know what you call it, a golden age, a golden age for um, funding, perhaps. But there was a golden age for sitcoms, where there was a sitcom every five minutes on every like conceivable channel. Every person who made it far enough in comedy got a sitcom. Like, and which of them made any, like, I don't know, like Friends, Seinfeld, Frasier, probably a yeah, couple more, but not many. and used to just get, uh, <laughs> used to get given a sitcom. But that yeah, was yeah. always the idea, though, for, like, stand-up comics. I know, I know. I, I, you're going to get your own sitcom. It's going to be called the Welcome to the Don, <laughs> Welcome to the Donica Tiernan Show. Did you ever watch Norm's sitcom? The Norm no. Show? There, it, like he manages to maintain a bit of normness in it, um, but it is still heavy studio interference on that one. I'm guessing there was, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he always denigrates it slightly when he talks about it. Is like, have you seen my show? It's called the Norm Show. That's how he'd say it. But uh, <laughs> there is one episode. I don't know how they managed to sneak this in, where he has to go to a gambling anonymous meeting, and um, by accident he goes into a, um, a zoophile anonymous meeting. <laughs> And he just, <laughs> he just completely judges all the people and leaves. <laughs> like before, like when he eventually figures out what it's like, it's like you guys, what the, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> so it's, it's, it's quite a nice, a nice um, Norm bit snuck into a sitcom. We are getting lost because the odd yeah, couple isn't that interesting. What do you want to say about the odd couple? Um, unfortunately, as I mentioned, I have done scant research on the cast. You There's probably not, have things. He, to... Yeah, I'll tell you. Okay, if you want to hear, well, okay. What what's the plot of the film? The, the I'll do two the plot. guys. Okay, okay. You do the plot first, and then I'll give you. I'll give you a little bit of. Uh, yeah, I have got. I got, I got some stuff goodness. Stuff to say. Good, good, good. Okay, so 
So Felix, Felix, uh, Felix Unger um, opened the movie Wandering Around New York in, honestly, I, it's nice way, to see New York in 68 again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's also the opening minutes of the movie. That feels like make another it, film. Make it seem like it's going to be something else. Yeah. yeah. He checks into a hotel to commit suicide um, and doesn't manage it for some reason. I can't remember why. And the, uh, the windows won't open. Yes, that's right. And he puts his back out, which is, means he's a dweeb, basically. Yeah. That's a recurring theme in the film. Um, meanwhile, cut to uh, Walter Matthau's Oscar and all of their poker buddies um, having a game of poker in a very staged manner. I, one thing I noticed that I could, just couldn't get out of my head is they only occupied three sides of the table, like it's literally on stage. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. They very, it. very yeah. theatrical. Which, it, it, by the way, it's... it's it's weird as well. It's just an interesting thing to, to talk about from a philosophical angle is plays used to be made like this, that this is not a serious play. We think of plays as deep, serious, pretentious things, <laughs> but this is just a laugh. Like, well, this I've is seen clearly... a ton of plays like this. I wouldn't say a ton. Maybe I should scale that back. No, I've, I've seen, seen a, a few plays like this that are just... Just pure entertainment. There's not, yeah, there's not a lot to it. It's not yeah, a life-changing event. I've seen it. It's supposed I've... to be, like, fun. I've seen a few myself. My, I suppose my point is, is that um, people don't, the, the popular consensus on theatre is not this. People don't think that this is, but they did, of course. Anyway, at the poker game, divorcee Oscar, uh, through a certain series of phone calls, finds out that Felix's uh, uh, wife has uh, left him, taken the kid. Uh, they know he's obsessed by his wife and kid, and they're like, oh, shit. And uh, they're super worried about him. He knocks at the door. They pretend, okay, we'll pretend we knew nothing about it. But eventually they figure he's going to kill himself and they all burst in. This was my first actual... Very slapstick. A lot of big laugh and... in the movie where they trap him behind the door and they think that he's killed himself. I thought that was you funny. Like that that actually... Okay. Yeah. That did actually make me laugh. Um, there weren't very many. Most of the stuff that made me laugh was how inappropriate Walter Matthau was with the English ladies. That I, made yeah, me laugh. I, <laughs> I, I find some of his jokes quite funny. Yeah, which yeah. is impressive. The stuff from 1968 is still 100. Yeah, percent I'm just yeah. kind of like taking the piss out of people. It's still anyway, funny to me. Oscar says, "Yeah, come on, you move in here." And uh, immediately Felix moves in and is a lady, basically in a 1968 context. That's how they would have judged it. They're not being funny. They're not being. It's not a script with depth like the apartment, which we'll get to. It's just it's funny because he's a bit of a lady figure, but they're both men. And uh, <laughs> that's which, which is a good bit now that you lay it out. It's a that's strong the, bit. That's the dynamic. So he cooks and he cleans and he's like, why don't you pick up after yourself? I'm saving yeah, you money. supposed either. to be men. They sexually yeah, harass waitresses. They yeah, go to yeah. mad dance bars where... Like oh, he does sexually harass a waitress lady. in it. I yeah. forgot about that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pr that's Post pretty it. funny. Legally, you have to. You're not allowed to exit the restaurant until you do that. He does. He gives her a goosing. He gives her. Yeah, a, that's a, where. Yeah, you get your goose. That's actually one of the jokes that Norm makes. Uh, what's his chops? Also dead. Uh, Full House. You know the guy I'm talking about. Bob Saget. Oh, Bob yeah. Saget. When he was a guest on his show, uh, he made a, he would give people the jokes to read out. So, uh, and you know, sometimes they'd be horribly offensive. Whatever. One of the ones that Bob Saget read out, it goes, "This year I'm gonna get my secretary the same thing. Year I got her last year. A damn good goosing." <laughs> anyway, yeah. So it, one day, 
Oscar just wants to get laid by these two English ladies who are slags who live downstairs. <laughs> so he makes all the arrangements with Felix. He's like, we're going to shag these birds, which is mad when you, you, we just don't think... These boys. I think I think I think there are certain still certain blockers in Andy and I's heads that uh, for us I think the intercourse began in the mid nineties. Nobody had it before then. Something yeah. like that. Because you weren't but supposed. Like, to, you're not supposed to talk about it. Yeah, exactly. But Matthew is like full on. We're going to ride <laughs> these slags. I got trapped in the elevator. They're up for it. Let's do it. They come along to the flat. They are up for it. Uh, Felix is a bit pissed off because he was late and the meatloaf is going to get burned or whatever. Fucking what should we call it? Uh, Felix breaks uh, down and starts crying. Yeah, yeah, he does. Um, not, uh, but not after uh, <laughs> one of the girls orders a drambuie and ice, which I found fascinating because I worked in a bar for years and I used to just look at the drambuie <laughs> bottle and go, "Oh fuck, drinks no one, that well, shit. no one since 1968 has ever." Ordered. <laughs> Apparently not. Yeah, so Matta um, has to go and make one, which lasts takes him about 20 minutes. Yeah, in the meantime, Felix breaks down. Like misses wife, misses kid, uh, his kids. I found that sad. I did. I think he he did a convincing job of that dramatically. To be honest, I don't know. Was it supposed to be? Maybe it's no, just because I'm a I family so. man. Yeah, I, I didn't read it like that. I thought it was just still playing for laughs. I don't think it was supposed to be anything other than kind of funny. The women are just broken in two by poor Felix, and uh, they're like, "Oh God, it's so wonderful." And the in, the evening is kind of a bust. Then Oscar gives him the silent treatment for a little bit. And uh, like he starts messing up the flat on purpose just to sort of piss him out, off and get him out. And he sort of disappears and uh, the boys go looking for him because uh, they're super worried. And then it turns out that he's going to move in with the Pigeon Sisters. So all's well that ends well. And then uh, well, uh, Oscar is a bit more of a neat freak and uh, Felix is a bit more assertive. <laughs> Felix is shagging two English ladies. Apparently slags. Yeah, yeah. Good effort. That's that's your story, folks. That's it is, literally yeah, yeah. it. And it, the thing is, is like it's so right. We <laughs> most people, not you and I, because of this podcast, we've had to throw uh, through quite a bit. But most people think of anything old as like hard, pretentious work. This is definitively not. This goes to show that people were making goofy nonsense back in the day. Probably the first movie that was ever made was goofy nonsense. When you look at it, right. Not everything is high art. Most stuff is garbage. This isn't garbage, but it's fluff. Like it's just pure fluff that managed to ingrain itself in popular culture. And fair play to them. But it's nothing to write home about. I wouldn't like if if you're interested, watch it. But this is by no means essential, even if it yeah, is famous. I think, and that was the reason I chose it uh, was because it was like a name. I mm. I is kind it of name. these name wise. I put these films on the same level. Of they were both films that I was like I'm supposed to watch these, but having they seen both them, have a was... different tuning to their name though. One is the yeah. Beatles and one's the Monkeys. You know. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. fair. That's fair. Let me give you a bit of. Uh, I got a few things to say about some of these people. Okay, I want to hear it. Okay, the director Gene Sachs. He served in the U.S. Navy. He was in Normandy. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah, he took part. I was in Normandy landings. Well, yeah, oh, he was there. Oh, right, no, I was there. <laughs> During I was the there in the late nineties. Right, <laughs> it's a lovely place. I brought, I bought a keyring with a representative of people like him on it. <laughs> so. That's good. That's good. You both did. You both played a part. He was married <laughs> to uh, B. Arthur, one of the uh, Golden Girls. Yes, that's, that's right. Isn't it? I do remember seeing that. I didn't take a note of it though. In in 1969, Sachs directed Walter Matthau and Cactus Flower. 
And the actress who played his 21-year-old girlfriend won an Oscar for her performance. Do you know who it was? Oh, no. No, I don't. Goldie Hawn. Ah. More like Oldie Hawn. I think that was a joke in The Simpsons, actually. Hey, don't speak ill of the wife of one Kurt Douglas, okay? Russell, same thing. Same guy. What the hell same did I guy? just say? Yeah, Kurt, yeah. Kurt Douglas? Kurt Russell. No, yeah, yeah. I'm a, a, a God. Don't delete that because I listen to every episode. May remind me of what an insane mix-up I frequently make. That was terrible. Kurt Douglas for Kurt Russell? That's outrageous. It's fine. It's all good. Uh, anyway, continue. So Walter Matthau played the Oscar character in the play, but originally Art Carney right. was Felix, but uh, yeah. they got Lemon in to replace him. It was also going to be Sinatra or Jackie Gleason were two other options they were looking at. That sounds like it would have been a great movie. Yeah. Gleason in the, in, the, in the Lemon role and uh, Sinatra as Matthau. That's how I would have put it. Is that how yeah. it would have been? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I think so. I think they were... Uh, but Matthau, do, like Matthau is... I like Walter Matthau in anything. I think he's a great fun to watch. He's just got like my favorite is the one that inspired you to pick this. Uh, taking a Pelham one two three. I think that's a just yeah. nailed down classic. I it's think it's such fun. a fantastic movie. The jazz theme from this is very very famous and very recognizable. It was written by Neil Hefty, who was mm. a talented jazz musician. He also wrote one of the most recognizable TV themes of all time in the nineteen sixties. Oh, <clears throat> which is like uh, a twelve-bar blues riff, and it goes. Oh, what man? Yeah, same oh, guy. Fair play, legend. Neil Neil Hefty was a good. Fair surname. play, Hefty. Hefty. Iris Adrian, who played the waitress who got her bum felt. Yeah, yeah. Also in died, the apartment, right? She died in 1994. Okay, when she was 82 years old in L.A. as a result of the Northridge earthquake. I don't know. That stands out ah. to me when people die. I mean, she didn't die in yeah, the yeah. earthquake, but she fell during the earthquake. And then a few months later, she died. That's pretty bad. Imagine that. You get your bum squeezed. And then before you know it, you're dead in an earthquake. You get paid for that bum squeeze. You don't get paid for the earthquake. Well, um, it would be weird if she did. Yeah, yeah. You'd be like, the who's she talking to? I'm not. I'm not. Who's running with. the weather? That's what I want to know. Fucking, um, <laughs> go, what? It's an awful way to go. Yeah. I often, right. like when I hear of like... Cities that have frequently have earthquakes. I'm because I've never experienced an earthquake. I have. My it's, thought is it's very scary. I where in uh, Tokyo? Nothing serious. I haven't been in a big one. But yeah, but I, I would imagine even a minor one is scary. Yeah, if you've never and I was my first time. I remember going like, uh oh, What's this it like? is not good. It's very very surreal because you've grown up, at least I had, with being used to not surfaces not moving yeah. yeah of going like hey if i'm in a building it tends to not move at all and i'm i'm you know walking on the ground it tends to be you're quite sure-footed and when everything around you starts shaking you do tend to shit your pants i find where were you when it happened on like the second floor i was like i was teaching i was in a classroom and some of the students started they started crapping themselves <laughs> and that's when i was like uh oh it was like wow. right. it was so nothing. It was fine. It was, it was it was a little. It was a small earthquake. I'd be terrified. I would shit my pants. Well, I used to talk about it with students when I was teaching them. They would say like <clears throat> one of the buildings I worked in, like walking in and out of it at the start and the end of the day. They would we talked about it and they said like that's the most dangerous part of your day because if the earthquake happened in in either of those points, I would have absolutely been 
smashed to pieces. Jesus Christ. But I survived. Andy's life, once again, being more interesting than the odd couple. I got two more things for you. So Monica Good. Evans and Carol Shelley, who played the Slags, they both mm-hmm. appeared in uh, Disney's Robin Hood. Monica Evans was Maid Marian, and Carol Sher- Shelley was Lady Clock, the chicken. You a fan of that, Robin Hood? The, the one with the, Well, Robin Hood is the fox. Fox, yeah, the fox one. I was a fan of that when I was growing up, yes. It's a great, yeah, yeah. And Maid Marian was very, she was sexy. She was she a happy was a sexy, oh, Lady Fox. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that, 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 that was so fox. confusing when Disney used to do that. Make <laughs> animals into hot ladies. Animals. Jessica yeah. Rabbit, I know that wasn't Disney, but like oh, that Same kind of idea. thing. So confusing to children. It's very confusing. Because, like, because the thing is, because it's not an actual human lady, they're able to lean into the sexiness like they wouldn't be <laughs> able to do with it. Like, they don't lean into the sexiness with, let's say, I don't know, fucking Belle or Princess Jasmine or whatever. But yeah. With yeah, you can when it's when it's a sexy animal. When it's an animal, yeah, yeah, and kids are like, ooh, I was anyway. That's it, actually. That's it. I think I think we're good. I think we're good with the odd couple. Let's go to the apartment. Yes, the apartment is. I I think it's kind of a perfect movie. I would say, it, it, like in its way. I'm not saying it's for everyone, but for. First of all, it's the first time because people always talk about like the famous cynicism of like Billy Wilder. I don't think I've seen it ever as apparent as in this movie. This is a cynical movie, but it, and it has heart. And I think Lemon is much better used in this movie. He fits in better in this movie. But well, I, what's this film trying to say ultimately is my question. I have a theory. I do. I, uh, one second. I'll get out my notebook. I don't need to read my theory from my notebook. I just uh, <laughs> I have, I have quotes written down from the movie because the, the script is so good. There's so many lines in it, so many zingers. Is it I, just that all men are bastards? No, I don't think so. I think it is about... Just most of them. No, well, I, I know, think just five out of 3,216 or something. Do you, know where, do you know where Billy Wilder lived before he went to America? At Berlin. He was a taxi dancer. I read about that. He used to do like he get paid to dance. He to was phrase like it another of, way, like a sort of dancing whore man. So I do have a theory on what the movie is about. First, it's not all men are bastards, even though that is a theme in it. But I think the the main thing. I think it. This is the cynicism I was speaking about. I think it takes the fact that most men are bastards to be a kind of a given. Actually, yeah, that's fair. And I think the th- the what it's attacking is it's saying complacency, like. Playing along. That's it. The man who stands by and does nothing. That's Jack Lemmon's character throughout. And there's, for such a funny movie, and it is it is quite funny in parts, it's also heartbreaking in parts. Shirley MacLaine is perfect in this movie. She's yeah, so she's good. she's great. Um, I, th- I, I was surprised at how little Jack Lemmon's character pushes back during the film. And he supposedly loves Fran, but mm-hmm. he doesn't, He's offered opportunities to kind of speak up and tell his boss, yeah, I, I, I care for this lady, or even say it to her. And he just doesn't do anything, and he goes along with what these guys are telling him because he, he wants to, you know, go up He's not that kind and of guy. And it's because, like, his career, they own it. They own him. They own his career. So he sort of plays along. And so it also criticizes the sort of bullshit notion of, you know, career being all it's like the anti-Mad Men, this movie. It's like, Mm. 
And I know people, because I'm a big fan of Mad Men, and Mad Men towards its later series does something to criticize the lifestyle of people like this. But mostly it glamorizes it. Mad Men stars, isn't it? Yes. Mostly it glamorizes uh, the lifestyle, I would say, no matter what people say. You don't cast John Hamm unless you want people to fucking love the uh, mass philanderer. No, this film does not approve of it. Um, uh, it, It's judgmental. It's a cynical movie. it's judgmental of the behavior. I think it's judgmental of um, Baxter, like uh, the uh, Jack Lemmon character as well. I like. I, I think we're. I don't think we're meant to feel sorry for him. Like um, I don't know, like John Cusack can say anything or something. I think we're we are sitting in judgment of him because he is doing nothing. And then in the end, he well, does his something. His name is CC Baxter, and it stands for cuck cuck. That's <laughs> true. It's that's true. It um. I mean, it's like I think it's 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 beautifully shot. As I said, there's um, z- there's zingers all over the place. Uh, the, like they call him Little Lord Fauntleroy. Uh, the sex is directly alluded to often. Yeah, um, of like the neighbors talking to Baxter, being like, "You're keeping us up all night." Like sometimes you've you're you're with multiple ladies during the night, and the whole that's time another thing just that- has to go like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." I know, I'm I'm kind of hot shit. That was another clue for um, my my general thesis that it's a bit about Nazism. Is that like the neighbor's a Jew, and Wilder is, Wilder himself is a, a Jew, obviously. But like the fact that the judgment you say that again sounds so so harsh. Well, I mean, it, it I mean, it really really meant something at the time the film came out. Like, are <laughs> like Jewish? Maybe sounds better. Fair enough. Um, I didn't mean it as a negative. Uh, please keep that on the record. But uh, I'm kind the record. Just the fact that, yeah, like like Baxter is is complacent in all this shit that he knows is wrong. He knows it is. So he Baxter's knows. like the kind of good German. No, he's not because he does. Like, I do, no because I like I don't think they get together at the end, do they? We should probably talk about the plot. But you don't think they get together at the end. You don't no, think don't him think and so. the lady end up together? I'd read it that they did. I thought I Baxter think... and Fran get together. They never, they never kiss. Well, I mean, he's he skips that part. He doesn't like kissing. He goes straight to the other stuff. Can you hear my kids screaming outside the door right now? I did, but it was just a tiny bit. It's fine. Okay, let's go to the plot. Okay, cool. Talk so, us through it. CC Baxter, Jack Lemon. He's this uh, insurance guy. He's trying to climb the corporate ladder. He rents an apartment that costs something like $5 or something. <laughs> it's like the, the Upper yeah. West Side. He lives right next to Central Park and he costs him 50 cents or something like that. And uh, he rents out his so apartment. Quaint. He gives his apartment to uh, a bunch of his managers so that they can shag their secretaries, etc. Which, again, is fairly wild at the time. I had, when I Anything I'd ever mm. seen about this film, I assumed it was like about a guy who shares an apartment with some weird yeah it had that vibe just from looking at like photos it they it was a story of a guy like living in a place with a you know it's like hey it's the wacky apartment no he has a nice apartment i mean it's just it's in like a central place and a b- bunch of his colleagues just shag people there and it's all I about sh- him what no uh, no no it's gone it's all about him no i mean it's just it's all about him just trying to climb the Kind of corporate ladder. Corporate ladder, by, yeah, yeah. Yeah, by giving these letting these guys Roger ladies there. I should watch as many Billy Wilder films as I can because every time I watch a new one, I love it. 
Every Billy Wilder film I've seen, I absolutely love. I've seen so few. I think I've seen this and Seven Year Itch is about it. I've seen uh, Double Indemnity, uh, Ace in the Hole, Sunset Boulevard, this um, last weekend, one more, Stalic 17. Wow. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 like, I, like, I just... In them all. They're great. I, they're so well written. Yeah, I mean, it's written with I.L. Diamond, who's a, Rom- a Romanian immigrant. So you had this Austrian director in, in The Shape of Wilder, and these boys made a ton of films together and got a mm. lot of Oscar nominations. But I've seen almost nothing. Anyway, so Baxter likes this elevator operator, Fran Kubelik, and a bunch of the other managers in the office are trying to shag her, but basically no one can get anywhere with her. But... Uh, it turns out that she's seeing his direct boss, Mr. Shell Drake, uh, who's played by Fred McMurray. And, Which is uh, a nice little plot introduction, isn't it? Yeah, that that's revealed. That uh, that's classic plotting. Like it's yeah, it's, yeah. it's 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 good for the story. I wish people still made movies like this. Just went. What's the logical thing to do in the story right now? Just that, set you set your movies in storyland just make them fictional if you know what i mean like this is yeah i feel like the film kind of gets a you're a huge fan of this i can see i enjoyed it i do i loved it yeah yeah. but i feel like the plot kind of gets lost a little bit after that like after after, well i mean after her ending up at his apartment and the whole drugs thing I mean, I just which feel like... Which, again, let's continue with the plot, because okay, that's okay. something so, else. Yeah, I mean, that's shocking, seeing her getting her stomach pumped. Isn't so anyway, it? Sheldrake keeps uh, telling Fran that he's going to break up with his wife. I mean, it's it's classic stuff. That feels timeless, a lot of that. It's Him saying, uh, the, it's like, I'm going to divorce my wife, I love you. It's so... Obviously, uh, it's so harsh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He and even like, tell, like, he even said, does he say it to... Uh, Lemon, it, does he tell? Yeah, him yeah, that's the but that's the way you think you're like gonna divorce ladies, your wife. You know, they're fucking. It's like, um, like, and then even with Lemon, like, I kind of recognize from a previous job the way he's being toyed with. That's also timeless, just mm. the way like people are dangling promotions uh, at him in terms of in exchange for sacrificing personal values and stuff. It's uh, it's sad. That's the thing. It's like, it's a funny movie, but it's also so sad at the same time. Yeah. I thought it was anyway. You probably well, I mean, did because you're heartless. No, no. Yeah, I'm heartless. But I did think a lot of the stuff that happens to Fran is extremely sad. I don't really care about what happens to Baxter. He can go fuck himself. But I agreed. Yeah, I don't yeah. care no, about no, Baxter. The stuff the, with... It's the so Fran story I'm, I'm saying. Is party. Sad. There's a Christmas party at the office and Sheldrake's secretary tells Fran that like, hey, you're not the first. It was me before and it was this other lady and this other one. So basically Fran is just in this long line of of ladies in the office who are gonna yeah, yeah, stop really by rough. Sheldrake and then that's it. So Fran and Sheldrake go back to the apartment and they it's Christmas and they I mean what even happens at the end there? Like so basically Sheldrake's like, I need to go. I need to go back to my family because it's Christmas. Obviously, I need to go and spend time with my family. And Fran says, okay, I'm just going to spend a few more minutes. She goes into the bathroom. She sees that there are sleeping pills. She takes like 12 sleeping pills or whatever and then goes down to bed. And then Jack Lemmon is out on the piss. He's obviously like feeling really bad because he fancies Fran and he's got all these Mm. managers making him give up his house to them. So he goes out and then he meets this... (laughs) bridge and tunnel lady 
whose husband is in Cuba. He's been a prisoner in Cuba. She's asking yeah. about Castro and stuff like that. A sad she's good. I enjoy it. I enjoy her. She's doing an excellent job. But so they, those two are uh, drinking, and then they go back to uh, Baxter's house. By the way, yeah, because I'm just remembering now because it's uh, spoken of uh, throughout the movie. There's this um, false sense that uh, basically uh, Baxter is the most fertile man that's ever lived. Yeah, uh, his, his neighbors he, think that he's doing all the shagging that's and occurring. He, go, in the house. he leans into the myth himself in this moment with this uh, bridge and tunnel lady. And why I does he that keep leaning funny. into it so badly with everyone? Does he want it to be true, or is he just wants to take the heat off of everyone else? I think or is there he's a part just, of him that's going like, yeah, no, I'll take it. I'll take the credit. I suppose you've never been a serial liar, have you? Not openly. Not that I'm willing to admit. Well, you see, I have. Right. And yeah, I recognize this kind of pattern of behavior. You just get caught up in your own bullshit and forget. I think that was realistically done, genuinely. So you're telling me when you said you almost stopped 9-11 that that's not true? No, to be clear, I said if I was on the plane... <laughs> oh, okay, is that what it was? Not, not both towers would have gone down. A hypothetical. As a matter, if I was on the first plane, probably the guys would have been so safe, spooked. A safe landing. Exactly, I would have made a safe landing. <laughs> Perfect landing back in... Boston well, this Logan is, Airport. Well, this is the same thing. I was. I keep sending messages to Ukraine. Is like just go <laughs> Send me in. Put me steal in, coach. a steal a plane, fly to Moscow, and bomb Putin. What's wrong with you, post? Put me in, coach. So anyway, when uh, Jack Lemmon comes back, he finds Shirley MacLaine passed out on the bed and realizes that she's taken an overdose. He tells the bridge and tunnel lady to hit the bricks. Mm. He goes and knocks on his Jewish doctor's door. And <laughs> it's quite him. funny that I thought it's just she's like saying, "Yeah, you you didn't even shag me once. You fucking what's wrong with you?" He's like, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna my husband's gonna come round and batter you. Yeah, yeah, sure. it's funny. There he is. So he uh, uh, Lemon goes round and gets the the neighbor doctor to come back. He comes through and then has to uh, take Fran into the bathroom to pump her stomach. That's pretty mm. rough going. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And then does a very weird thing where he marches her around the room to get her not to fall asleep. Mm. I mean, I get the whole like staying awake, but doing it in a way where you march around the room feels a bit much. I feel like that's just in there. So the next day, the landlady can come up and go like, what was all that marching last night? As opposed to that being like a, a good way to deal with overdoses. My wife, uh, for reasons undisclosable, was a bit worried about her daughter last night. <laughs> so, she, so she woke her oh, up. Marching. She literally walked her, woke her up, made her walk to the end of the hallway and do that thing that drunk drivers are made to do, where they have to like stand on one foot and touch their nose. Aaron was, Aaron was so confused. She, was like, <laughs> oh, she did it. <laughs> Imagine being woken up as a fucking two-year-old and being oh, made man. to do that. It was mad. Pretty anyway. Good. Yeah. So uh, then Fran ends up staying for like about 48 hours at Baxter's house. Mm. And then Fran's brother-in-law comes around. It's this guy who wants to kick the shit out of Baxter. Going like, why is she here? Why has she been here? We haven't heard of her, I've heard from her for 48 hours. He reminded me of somebody, somebody but I couldn't put my finger on it. He's, he's got a good hard man face. His name's mm. uh, Johnny Seven. Mm. <laughs> he was in a bunch sweet of sweet hard man face, uh, name rather it's not his real name but he that's okay. he you know he's hard as fuck if he got a nickname like johnny seven 
<clears throat> seven inches. But then he he ends up punching Baxter in the face, and uh, and then Baxter goes into work the next day yeah. with like big shades on, and he's gonna go and tell Sheldrake oh. that he that he loves Fran. But then Shel Sheldrake says, "Here's the uh, the key to the executive washroom. You're being promoted to like." replace my assistant you're up on the 27th floor or whatever and Sheldra and then uh baxter runs into fran and is basically like yeah i got promoted and i'm dating this lady over here mm -hmm. it turns out he's just bullshitting her and uh when sheldrake and fran are together at a party sheldrake tells fran like actually baxter handed back his washroom key and quit the job and didn't want to yeah we gotta go to atlantic city yeah and and so fran is like fuck that shit she goes back to the house to the apartment and she hears what she thinks is a gunshot and it turns out it's just a bottle of champagne and they start playing cards together and i think they do end up together no i don't think so because uh, I, I think that would underwrite the point of the whole movie what about um, the end of the plot synopsis here it says when he asks about sheldrake she replies we'll send him a fruitcake every christmas prompting him to declare his love for her. She hands him the card yeah, no, and he does the, tells him to shut up and deal. Exactly. He says, shut up. She says, shut up and deal. Shut up and deal with your latent homosexuality. You missed those <laughs> They're on there. <laughs> it gets cut short. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, he's he is so good at stagecraft. But no, I, I, I like, I think the movie is so cynical that to have a cheese off uh, ending like, like, for example, okay, the... I just don't think Wilder was into r regular happy endings. He could disguise them if he wanted, but I don't think he ever... It's like he didn't go to rug and tug joints, is that what you're saying? No, fucking like uh, the end of Some Like It Hot is when you're, uh, the uh, boat driver discovers that uh, Tony well, Curtis's character like is, is, a, is actually a man. He's like, well, nobody's perfect. And he just gets along with it. So that's not a happy ending because you know people didn't approve of that stuff ace in the hole kirk russ uh, uh, kirk douglas's character just I about <laughs> i did yeah just like, so the other, you're the same person like just makes it to the end to copy a story and express regret but then he dies i i don't think i think the point of this movie is to kind of get fran out of her view of all men ubiquitously being total bastards also, it's like men. Most of the, it's 1960, so most of the men look like look like the fucking crypt keeper, and they're fucking like 25 year olds. Yeah, <laughs> this, this, I, actually the looked, I actually I actually um yeah the average man uh, the average age of men pawing uh, at uh, ladies in this movie compared to Shirley MacLaine the average age of them older than them I literally did the mean calculation 16 years. What, how old is she? She was like 25 or something. She was 25. Uh, they were all, like, Lemon was the youngest of all of them. Yeah, and he was he like was, 35 uh, or something. Yeah, he was 36 when they made it. Yeah. And then all the other boys are older than Lemon. So the median's out like that. Some of them much older. Like, it's, um, but at the same time, here's the thing. Like, Wilder clearly disapproves of this carry-on. He thinks yeah. these men are pigs. He's yeah. right as well. <laughs> right, like, they're awful. But, like, I think he sits in judgment of Lemon's character as well, which is interesting for the movie. I don't think... Do, uh, yeah. do you want me to breeze through a bunch? I got a bunch of uh, trivia stuff. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's fire through it. So the budget on this was $3 million. It made $24.6 10 Oscar nominations and five wins. 
Hell yeah. Including Best Picture and Best Director. Um, it won Best Picture and Best Director. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Those were those were two of the wins. That's great. This film it is, also, it's a, I, I do genuinely think this is a brilliant movie. I know you don't, but... I like it. I mean, I did enjoy it, and I, it shocked me for some of the content. Actually, Wilder was going to make a film on this topic. He wanted to do it back in the 1940s, but because of the Hayes Code... He was uh, he was stopped from yeah 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 because it, 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 it is racy subject matter it really is adultery suicide like it's it's hard going yeah 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 all right let's go into the cast we've got Jack Lemon as uh, CC Calvin Clifford Bud Baxter I don't have a lot to say about Lemon we talked to Ben before he was a big booze bag he quit drinking in the early 80s when he was like in his late 50s a million years old well done <laughs> it feels like, does that not feel like too late to quit drinking i feel like if you're 57 or something you should uh, just there was another one i heard of recently uh what was that i was what? watching that, that that show about um the country singer george jones i was watching george and tammy with um, michael shannon and um jessica chastain you have to be into country music to enjoy it fortunately i am so Fair i did play. enjoy it but then i was reading up about george <laughs> and he had like five marriages and gave up uh, booze when he was like fucking I don't know seventy five years old or something like that. And the last ten years of his life, plans so over. But <laughs> so pointless. <laughs> yeah, but it is pointless. That's the thing. It's like the t- when. Okay, so I don't even have the inclination to booze like I used to. It, the times that I I've given up booze fully twice in my life for extended periods, uh, as of you. And on mm. both on both occasions when I did it, it served a certain use to me. It was like I like I need to do this for myself and others. But like <laughs> when you're fifty, Jack. Yeah, I know it's too late. It's too late. It is. You get no credit for that. Not for the me only, and Andy. The only other thing I wanted to say about Jack Lemon is he he he's got such like he either looks like he's Irish or he's from like the west of Scotland. He looks like yeah. he should be wearing a Celtic shirt. Yeah, he's got that. When he's young, potato, especially. He's, he's got, got potato face. Uh, he does have potato, potato face. face. Yeah. That's all I want to say about him. Shirley MacLaine is Frank Kubelik, uh, sister of uh, Stanley. Stanry really interesting face for this uh, period of movie making. I mean, yeah, the, I the, agree, the, the, especially with the, the short hair. The kinds of roles she, she got may make sense because she's got a sort of a sympathetic, real humane face. But she's like beautiful in a, a girl next door kind of way, which I suppose... Hmm. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. Like Maggie Gyllenhaal. Yeah. She was, uh, that's, that's what she referred to herself. I'm the Maggie Gyllenhaal. Yes. Yes. You can fuck me. (laughs) We're like, who's Maggie Gyllenhaal? What are you talking about? She was named after child actress Shirley Temple, which is weird because Shirley Temple was six years old when Shirley, Shirley MacLaine was born. Uh, But there you go. She's the older sister of Warren Beatty. I did Uh, not know that. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Their daddy was called Beatty with one T. And uh, and Warren took the name for his uh, for his actory name for his stage name, but added a T. Shirley MacLaine played baseball on an all boys team, holding the record for most home runs, which earned her the nickname Powerhouse. Nice. So reminds me of how I got my nickname Power Bottom. <laughs> Similar story. Shirley MacLaine had an open marriage. Uh, what? Yeah, she banged out Lemon and uh, Nicholson as well. Jack. And she also had yeah Jack. That, that Nicholson. She also had a long-running affair with uh, homosexual pedophile Lord Mountbatten before he was blown up by the Ra. What? Presumably. I assume it happened before. 
Yeah, but the row only uh, uh, blew him up because he was a homosexual pedophile. Let's be real. No, not for any other reason. Yeah. Well, that's well, well played, ultimately. At the end of the day, you have to say, well done them. Well done the boys. You do have to say, well done them. Uh, note <laughs> to entire internet, just got a Protestant to say, well done the ref. <laughs> yeah, they, that was a good I, one. I, I will be accepting my folded Irish flag at any ceremony in the next year. Thank you very much. Uh, Anthony Hopkins called Shirley MacLaine the most obnoxious actress he'd ever worked with. When did they work together? Yeah, I can't remember what it was called. Some, <laughs> some, some bollocks. Shite, some bollock, some shite before Anthony Hopkins was any good. Uh, I'll tell you what it was. It was Turner and Hooch. No, it was... <laughs> what the fuck was it? Ah, Christ, I can't find it. But you'll like the, the follow-up bit here is, is fun. Oh, here it was. They worked on A Change of Seasons, which was a 1980 comedy drama. They were the leads. It uh, received three nominations at the first Golden Raspberry Awards. No. Yeah. So Hopkins uh, maybe, got maybe nominated it's possible, for Worst sh- Actor. Sh- it's possible Shirley MacLaine wasn't the only problem I was about to say. Well, Shirley MacLaine in 2015 sparked criticism uh, for her comments on Jews, Christians, and Stephen Hawking. Oh, here we go. She claimed the victims of the Holocaust were experiencing the results of their own karma and suggested that Hawking had subconsciously caused himself to develop ALS in order to focus better on physics. People (laughs) on the audio, you're going to have to start paying attention to YouTube because my face just exploded. You have to respect What year did she say this in? 2015. Oh my. Eight years ago. Do you know what it, it, to be fair, it reminds me She was like 81 years old at the time. She was, yeah, but it reminds me of... Do you ever see that Mitchell and Webb sketch where they talk about the Diana assassination? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, they say, um, but I mean, what will happen... Why, why are we, we doing we, it? We, well, because obviously Prince Philip... <laughs> no, 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 no. My favourite line, maybe in any sketch ever, is where, where they go, oh, no, 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 this is top priority. The IRA can do whatever they like this weekend. But no, there's a part in the sketch where they go, um, why are we doing this? And uh, they go, um, well, like, what's, as in, what's the motivation for killing her? It's like, well, obviously, we don't want to grow her to, we want to, we, we want to we get her now so she doesn't become an eternal object of public affection. We don't want to let her grow old and, you know, start saying vaguely stupid things about issues that actually matter. <laughs> Uh, and that Shirley MacLaine thing strikes me as the sort of thing Diana might have said if she was still alive is what I'm saying, basically. Wow. That is a Shirley wild... McLean. That's almost as wild as... Do you ever hear that um, Mel Gibson interview for El Pais that he did where he's, he got up and started pointing at his asshole and he's like, yeah, see this? No dicks in here. Oh, it's, it's, I remember. Yeah, I remember that one. It's uh, wet. Shirley MacLaine is still alive. She's 89. Most recently, she was in Only Murders in the Building last year, which is that's a big show now. Yes, it is. I don't, I, really, uh, I don't, I don't I, like the idea of it. I think it involves. No, I, I look, it looks like I'm allergic to it, quite frankly. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan. Uh, Shirley MacLaine got six Oscar nominations. Uh, she won for Terms of Endearment. Great movie. Really, really great movie. Okay, I'm going to fire through the other ones pretty quickly. Fred McMurray as uh, Sheldrake. Uh, McMurray was a Republican. Handsome. Yeah, a good-looking, good-looking chap, a big bum chin. He's got a, a real face. Uh, he was not particularly outspoken about his beliefs. When he was interviewed about the Red Scare in 1947, he said, I suppose there really are some Reds in Hollywood, but don't you think that actually some of the people 
get that reputation because they talk too much about things they don't understand. I don't think an actor has any business to discuss politics unless he is an authority. I actually think that's a great I just, point. I just like that. I just made <laughs> me go like, Fred McMurray, actually good. He made a yeah. ton of money during his life. He bought a lot of property. He was like, he. Was I love when I hear frugal. about actors that did this. I yeah, love when I hear about of, this. He made millions and millions by. Good like, for uh, you, buddy. Uh, yeah, like just buying up places, opening businesses. And he Schwarzenegger spent, did this. No Cruz money. did this. De Niro did this. I love it when I hear stories like that. Uh, like it just, uh, Charlize Theron, just to name a lady in the bunch. Um, but yeah, you know, I like I love it when I hear stuff like that because it's clearly people who are into the just general work ethic. Yeah, yeah, Fair he, play. Was he was a hard worker. Edie Adams, who played Miss Olsen, I don't even really know who Miss Olsen was. Was she the? Oh wait, that was the secretary yeah. who who does uh, the beans. Yeah, yeah. While at Juilliard, she was, by her own account, one of the first women to be interviewed for the Kinsey Report on female Jesus sexuality. Christ. Yeah. That's quite something. Do you think you should be interviewing actresses for the Kinsey scale? It just feels like no, they're, because they're they're, they're overexposed to pedophilia. <laughs> yeah. They're gonna be going, going like, "Well, I shag everything." Yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. That's a fair representation. No, no, it's not. That's a that's a, a contaminated specimen, if anything. So anyway, so that's what they were doing at Juilliard. Was like Kinsey was in there doing some interviews. Uh, Man, can can you believe? That they made a movie about Kinsey. Yeah, a, was it like who's with, in with it? Liam like, Neeson? Liam Neeson is Kinsey. That's weird. It if is, anyone's yeah. not familiar with that, I recommend yeah look up Kinsey because uh, what he was actually into. Funny stuff. Yes, a bit of funny stuff. He was into funny business. That's for sure. Yes, funny games. Hope Holiday, who played Mrs. Margie McDougal in mm. February 2022, Holiday and fellow actress Karen Sharp gave an interview to Vanity Fair alleging incidents of sexual assault. It was only it had to, it was only you know we had to get to this eventually. There was going to be we've had a bit of death. We had to get we had some politics. We had some anti-Semitism. Yeah. It was only Kirk Douglas a, keeps a trying to elbow his way into the podcast. Sexual assault. Well, this one, the incidents of sexual assault and harassment were by the late comic actor Jerry Lewis. A uh, friend of the show died in 2017. Holiday detailed an incident on the set of The Ladies' Man in 1961 in which Lewis lured her to his dressing room, pressed a button to lock the door, very futuristic, and masturbated in her presence without her consent. Mm. Louis C.K. approach. She further Classic C.K., yes. And she slapped him during a confrontation the following day. Production was briefly halted. The two never spoke again. To be fair, all the guys that have locked me in rooms and whacked off in front of me, I never, I mean, I didn't make a decision to not speak to them again, but there just seemed to be nothing left to say. Well, Jerry Lewis, I'm not going to be, I'm never going to watch that film where he was a clown in the Holocaust. I don't believe you can get it. I think it was, <laughs> went unreleased. No, I'm not watching it for this reason, though. Not all for right. the fact that it was unreleased and only he has a copy of it. Indeed, indeed. Anybody okay, else? Two more. Yeah, Joan Shawley as Sylvia. In the early 1960s, Shawley and actress Mitzi McConnell. Oh, yeah, I just put this in because just the concept of this. Just the, the payoff to this just strikes me as, you know, you'll see. Uh, Shawley and actress Mitzi McCall teamed up as, an, a, as a nightclub act. In the, this is in the early 1960s. They opened at the Club Robert in Cleveland. In January 1961, syndicated newspaper columnist Dorothy Kilgallen reported that the team was causing quite a stir. While drawing attention to and exaggerating their discrepancy in height, Joan being six feet three inches tall and Mitzi four feet ten inches short. I just like that that's 
this is this double. That's not I'm, just I'm six foot three. Oh no, I'm four foot ten. <laughs> I can <laughs> only imagine how good that double act was in 1961 in Cleveland. The, the thing is, it must have been for, amazing. It must have been amazing. It was, probably wasn't amazing 10 years later. It's been through a bunch of years where you couldn't do something like that. And now we're finally back to the point where if I saw that in 2023, I'd be like, that's Hell awesome. Yeah. That's Whatever amazing. happens to double acts. That's a <laughs> yeah. thing. Like we've been to we've I've seen so few people do that. You and I should start a double act. Yeah, Let's we, were, be real. We've, we talked we came very close to doing a double act once. At least once. We never did. Well, I, I we should do a, a carry-on style double act with uh, Barbara Windsor bras popping us. Yeah, yeah. Let's definitely do blackface. You have to do blackface, obviously. obviously. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. You you do like Northern Africa, I'll do sub-Saharan. Uh, it'll be good. Fair. It'll be fun. Yeah, I can't see any problem with that. Right, last one. We got a bit of death because that's what you need to finish it off. David White, who played Mr. Eichelberger, who was one of the managers who was shagging in the apartment. He's best known as Darren's boss in Bewitched in the TV series. Uh, his son, okay, here we go. His son, Jonathan, died on December. Oh, I know this story. Yeah, 21st, 1988. Can you tell me how he died? No. December, Dece- okay, well. We'll go for the date first. It's December twenty first, nineteen eighty eight. Okay, it's 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 a notable reason of for him to die. Is it Challenger? No, but it, I'll tell you the location, and then maybe it, it happened in Scotland. Oh, the Lockerbie bombing. Yeah, that's right. He his son was on the on the, on Pan Am flight one hundred and three. Wow. He got blown up. So there you go. That's how it ends. One of the actors' sons died in Lockerbie. I can't believe you're laughing at this because, like, I know. To no, be honest, I just think like, I'm laughing at how tenuous a connection to the apartment. No, 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 no. I know. I'm not accusing you of everything. Plus, just, I'm also no, half Libyan. No, because uh, I've just looked up. Uh, I've I've been down rabbit holes in the Lockerbie bombing and people like finding bodies for miles around. Oh yeah, and... no, no. I remember. I mean, I, I vaguely remember when it happened. I was very young, but. Yeah, I mean, I've watched about a bunch of stuff about it. Like, there'd be people, they'd come out of their house or whatever, because it happened about seven in the evening, eight in the evening, something like that. I mean, it was dark anyway. It's Scotland, and it's round about Christmas. But they would just be walking down the street, and they would find people still strapped into their chair and stuff like that. Yeah, no, there's a, there's this story of this family that found two bodies and, like, um, looked Also, people have... died on the ground, like, at least six or ten people. They um like looked after them in their houses until they could be claimed mm. properly for uh, yeah. by like like it's um intensely hu- humane story um yeah, yeah. just because of you know the horror that happened in the air but then the reaction of the people in Scotland I like <laughs> you can hear it in my voice now I like I did go down a, a rabbit hole on the, the way the community reacted to that and it just sounds uh, well it was it tough for the time of <laughs> this is very connected to the film The Apartment but. It was tough. On, it was tough on the town of Lockerbie because that is all it's known for. Of course, yeah. Ever since, you know, almost however many years later. Of More course, yeah. 30, it's, like, it's like, yeah, yeah. It's like, um, it's like the poor Catalans. You know, they're like, oh, let, what? When? When do you think we should have our national celebration? I think we it's should have it every year yeah. on the 11th of September. Nothing <laughs> will possibly take any thunder away from us. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Look. I loved the apartment. Uh, the Odd Couple is grand. Uh, you uh, probably preferred the apartment to the Odd Couple. Yes, but you didn't think it was as good as I liked it. No, I mean I liked it, and I found it again shocking in terms of content. I thought it was still relevant. 
which is you know we've been watching a few films like this and to find yeah, yeah. films like which that which isn't nothing like relevant. yeah yeah i mean who's going to be or do you think people in 60 well let's say 40 years from now are still going to watch the matrix and go like this has any relevance to what we're talking about <laughs> you know what that's a that's such a good example for this question because they because they might they might with things that they might with things like Die Hard, but I don't think they will with The Matrix. Like, okay, yeah. what, what's the modern equivalent of something? What's a more modern... Uh, Matrix was obviously a silly choice. It was the first thing that came to mind. Do you know what's a good uh, example? i got a good example for you. Uh, Knocked Up. <laughs> okay, no one's going to be watching Knocked Up in 60 I years. Didn't, no, 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 no. That wasn't the point that I was making. I was saying it would still be this relevant. This is like the Knocked Up of its time. Uh, do you possibly. think it had the same vibe it's hard i always wonder what it's to get like the vibe of something at the time was this was i like, actually do think people will still be watching the matrix in uh, 50 years but i don't think I it'll think be so. relevant yeah i mean you and i watched fucking logan's run <laughs> i mean there's... i don't know if we count as normal humans though yeah that's true that is absolutely true yeah. Anyway, anyway, well, enough of that. If anyone has a good idea, let us know. What for, what is the equivalent of uh, of this film that people might still be talking about? What is I'll the modern you, apartment? I'll tell you what. What's the equivalent of of of, ne of next week being good? Because I just today uh, I listened to our episode on uh, blow up versus killer uh, of a Chinese bookie, oh, and yeah. I was just uh, I was just there thinking like that was that was a week. First of all. It also made me think there's two really good reasons to do this podcast. Number one, when do you have an like, here's the thing. Andy and I are good friends. We don't need to catch up during the week because we talk like on a schedule for over an hour every week. It's fantastic. Three years. No, no groups, no friends do this at all. Yeah, like we do not. We we text occasionally, but we don't need to catch up on anything. We get it all out of the way here. Number two occasionally it lines up and in one week we get to watch blowout and killer of a chinese bookie and i want another week like that i do so in the interest of fairness i really hope you win this week <laughs> i really hope you do because, oh yeah yeah uh, well, even the, was, okay yeah maybe it's yeah all right all right depends on the topic is but all right mine's a, a a weird one and yeah like it, it like i've i've seen clips from it i've often thought it looks good but at the same time i don't know all right, so, well, so you go first, because I always go first. You tell me you've already started spilling the beans. Yeah, mine is Songs from the Second Floor, which is this Swedish weird comedy thing by this fella called Roy Anderson. I first got onto it from uh, clips in uh, Mark Cousins' uh, documentary, The Story the Story of Film and Odyssey. Oh, I think he's, by the way, I don't know if I mentioned to you, I think he's doing a screening of his most recent film and a Q&A here. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was considering going and going to it just so that I could do the voice from the back of the room. I really <laughs> liked this film. I have no interest in hearing his documentary. Get him I just a kind of want of business to go and noise him up a bit. Yeah, maybe he'll make a documentary about losers making film podcasts. Who knows? The man at the back of the room. <laughs> and he was making fun of my voice. There was a silly wanker in Barcelona neglecting his family. Uh, fucking whatever. It's uh, songs from the second floor um, by a fellow called Roy Anderson. I've wanted to watch it for years, but I feel we need a win. And I know what you have coming up. Go on. 
Yeah, I was on uh, Reddit on the movie suggestions subreddit, and someone was asking what are some good films involving gambling, and I realized I'd seen pretty much all of them except for California Split, Robert Altman's nineteen seventy four film starring George Siegel and Thingy McThingerson. Now I love Robert Altman, I really do. Um... Have you seen California Split? No, I have not. Oh, nice, solid. Yeah, this is another reason. So I got a coin here. Okay. Shall I go for it? Yes. Would you like 20 or Cervantes? Cervantes. Okay. Come on, Cervantes. All right, he's flicking it up in the air in front of Thomas Lennon. No, I fucked it up. Hold on. Fucked up. Let's try one more time. It's up in the air. Fucked it up again. Comes. It's the third time is a charm. I was Cervantes, just to remind you of this. I can see Matthew Perry behind you here. Right. Uh, lovely stuff. Uno, dos. What did you pick again? Cervantes, if that's okay. going to give make me win, then that's what I chose. It is Cervantes. It is. It is Cervantes. Thank goodness. Well, I don't want something difficult. What, what you could you have, have won? won? You would have won. Uh, so we watched uh, Lilia, Lilia Forever by Lucas Moodyson a while mm. back, a few months ago. I was going to choose a, one of his more celebrated and lighter films called Show Me Love from 1998, okay. which is like a lesbian. Apparently that's very good. Yeah, yeah. I've so heard of it, yeah. The, the, the other name is Fucking Amal, which I think is a great name. But it's only 90 minutes, so... No, but it's <laughs> supposed to be very good. would have clocked in a, a nice, a easy time. Oh, well, if you want easy time... Uh, What's happening now? Well, will we, will we do that thing where... I give you an uh, an unknown an unknown yes. choice. Yeah, let's do, do that. that. I want give me give me the option to maybe win something here. Okay, so I'll give you the option of something I've seen before and I know I love, and I I'm pretty sure you would love too, or something that I haven't seen but fucking everybody loves it. There's no way it's going to be bad. Can I? <clears throat> Can I ask what the connection is first of all? Director. Okay. <sighs> I don't mind rewatching either. So, like, and I don't uh, mind watching the new one either. I'm completely. I'll take the one you haven't seen. Okay. In that case, we're going to get a perfect snippet as to what it was like to be a Robert Altman fan over the course of two years. We're going to be watching Nashville. Okay. All right. Yeah. What was the Which one I've that never you haven't seen? seen? McCabe and Mrs. McCabe Miller. And Mrs. Miller. Okay, that's fair. No, I, I'd better to go Nashville, I think. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen Nashville? No, but I think it's probably thematically might fit closer with um, California. Yeah, yeah. Split. It looks that way. It looks that way. Um, I don't, I've never seen a, a Robert Altman film I didn't genuinely like love. I, it, I don't know. I've I, seen it. I saw a lot of his end late films. <laughs> oh, I haven't. To be fair, to be fair, I have not. in there. All right, cool. Here, I got to go downstairs and be a father. So it's time to say, I love you, Andy. I love you too. All right. Bye, Bye. everybody. See you next week.